Welcome to episode number 56 of Off the Shelf. I'm gonna stand guard like a postcard of a golden retriever And never leave till I leave you with a sweet dream in your I'm gonna watch you shine, gonna watch you grow, gonna paint a sign so you'll always know as long as one and one is two, there could never be a father loved his daughter more than I love you. Hi. My name is Rod Bergen, and I want to welcome you to this month's episode of the Off the Shelf podcast. Off the Shelf is now being heard in over 140 countries, and we are glad you could join us. The aim of Off the Shelf is to help people know what it means to be a true follower of Jesus. The podcast is primarily directed at followers of the message of William Branham and former followers like ourselves. This week, we are concluding our interview with Cindy and Anna Bergen. How did people in the church treat you when they found out, Cindy, that your husband and your kids, or Anna, that your dad and your siblings, uh, were having difficulties with the message? Um, um, you wanna go first? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I didn't really uh, notice that they treated me any different because I was, not treating them any different. Like to me, I still love these people so much. And I have spent 40 years of my life walking with them, serving them, loving them. And so I wasn't treating them any different. So I didn't really notice that they were treating me different until we'd been, we were asked to leave the assembly. And then when we came back a few months later, I hadn't realized that we were actually asked to leave permanently I just didn't clue in and uh, so when we came back I was so shocked that people were like shutting me out purposely like I'm going what's the matter with what's the matter with them and then I realized they're actually shutting me out they don't have a clue what ye, that you either believed what I did, because you hadn't talked to anybody about anything. I never talked to anybody about anything because I didn't know really what I believed by that point because it was like... So early days. Those were early. And I, I mean, I was, I had loved the message and I loved being in the message and I loved the people and I, I loved everything. I loved our services. I loved the worship. And for me, it was like, what is happening? You couldn't understand why no. they basically just cut you off. I couldn't understand why they were actually shunning me. And and I, I never had clued in at first that that was happening. So when I finally did clue in, it was fairly noticeable. But I just, I didn't resent them for it or anything. I just thought, well, this is really strange. And I was kind of puzzled. But it's... It had a big impact because you basically lost all your friends. Yes, I did. But I, it's a strange thing because I know the angst and the anxiety and the struggle that I was going through 
finding out bit by bit that things were not as they seemed. And it's almost like I was kind of feeling for the people because like in advance, like you're gonna find out this and it's so hard. It's so hard to handle. And I was almost feeling sorry for them ahead of time. But you never thought that they actually wouldn't even look at it. No, I didn't think that they wouldn't look at it. I thought they were interested in truth because we always talked about truth and we were concerned about truth and were interested in truth. So of course, uh, if you want to know what's truth, you have to look at both sides of of the argument, right? You can't... Like the scripture says that, um, you know, a, a false balance, God really doesn't like that. So you have to, like, no judge can look at just one side of an argument. You have to look at both. But in fact, they wouldn't look at the other side of the argument. No, and I, I find that really strange, like, why someone would not look, unless they're so afraid to look. And I think maybe that could have a lot to do with it. It's just fear. Fear that a demon's going to get a hold of them and well, that, twist their... Yeah, if you're told it's all the work of Satan and, you know, and, you know, some people would say, well, okay, I won't look at it. And, yeah. Even if it was the truth. Exactly. That scares them away. Yes, it does. What about you, Anna? Um, well, I don't really remember, like, about the time that we were asking a lot of questions. Um, I think because that's when I was doing my master's degree, and I just didn't have time to really think about how people were treating me. I was too busy. Um, but I think I do remember one point... Um, getting a couple texts from people going, oh, Anna, I'm so sorry about what was said on Sunday. And I think I was on vacation somewhere or, yeah, I'd been away and I said, what? (laughs) I didn't know why people were apologizing to me Um, and then found out that um, somebody had preached that people should stop fellowshipping with us. Yeah, we were effectively excommunicated in a way. Yeah, well, I kept shunned. going anyways because <laughs> I knew I couldn't really... I, I was too busy at that point. I couldn't really deal with all the, you know, emotional fallout and everything that I knew was going to happen. So I just kind of hung on until I... Almost until I graduated. Um, but, yeah, I was, I was surprised at that. Yeah, it's very disconcerting when you see people basically responding to what you believe with fear and 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 I mean one thing I know about you Anna you're a very loyal friend mm-hmm. and Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well I've seen it and I've seen how you've been treated by some people and I thought that wow these people are they're mean they're just not like I would never personally I would never do that to anybody and so I've seen people respond in a way that really you know you can only say is a bit mean-spirited yeah I mean I think the way people treated me was much more pronounced after I had left (laughs) one thing that I found really strange it was like people would talk to me about my family 
and be like, I think I was okay with them saying like, oh, well, you know how your dad and your brothers are like, but you're okay. And I'm like, what, you want me to agree with you about that? <laughs> like, like, seriously? Like, why are you trashing my family in front of me? Um, just because I'm quiet and I'm nice doesn't mean I'm ag- I agree with you. <laughs> so, yeah, that was a little bit strange. I mean, I think it was a lot of people didn't want to deal with the awkwardness, so they would just start ignoring me or just kind of um, let the friendship die natural death through silence um, that was basically what happened or you know they come into town and not tell me um, or you know people I, and I think I started to get pretty bitter actually because I was like why are all these people that we loved our whole lives being so mean to my family but I did have, um, you know, a few people who were still in the message and, and, you know, still are that were very kind and understanding and, and listened to what I had to say. And I think just having a few people be willing to do that helps me not be mad at everybody. Um, but they're realizing, not, they're the minority. Yeah. Um, and it's kind of like. William Branham often talked about the Pentecostal pussycat where you petted it the wrong way and then the claws came out. And in fact, that's what we've seen very clearly with the message. If you don't agree with them, suddenly, I mean, they're just not nice people at all. It would just surprise me quite a bit because I've had people all left the message. We've run into people all through our lives who left the message and I never had a negative attitude towards them. They disappeared. But if I ran into them again, I never had anything against them. In fact, would always talk to them. And because I think as a Christians, we're supposed to show love. Jesus said, if you can't love, uh, if you just love the people that love you, how are you better than a sinner? Right, so we need to love those who don't love us. But in fact, that's not what the people in the message do. They don't love their enemies. They don't love those who who disagree with them. They are quite negative towards them. At least that's been my experience. Yeah. So what's the most profound thing you've come to realize since you left the message? I think it's, if I could take three things, I think it's freedom, um, just the freedom we have in Christ, grace, and I think realizing God's grace in a more full way, I can have more grace for other people, and faith being the basis of salvation and not works or keeping a bunch of little rules that are, you know, somebody's personal conviction. Um, and also realizing that there aren't degrees of salvation. I think, I know talking to some of my friends that were still in the message after I left, you know, and, and good people were, um, you know, still willing to keep in touch with me. And But uh, we, we kind of got it down to, you know, like they kind of think that I'm going to go through the tribulation and maybe, you know, end up in heaven after or outside. Because you're a good person and you believe in Jesus. Exactly. Um, Which is kind of, so I'm like sort of saved. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, this is kind of confusing. You're you're saved, but you're not in the bride. 
Yeah. Which so, is their language. Yeah, which is I I don't I don't believe in degrees of salvation. I don't think you can be kind of saved. Now, I mean, question Anna, and this is most people would say, well, the reason you left the message is you just want to do all the stuff that you weren't allowed to do in the message. And I know, Cindy, for you, if someone... I'm really no different than no. I was in the message. I'm exactly the same. And uh, so I don't know what they've got to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> Probably they'd be puzzled. Um, and, and I think the other thing is, you know what? The people who wanted to do that stuff did it. They just hid it. Even if they're right? in the message. Yeah, they were hiding it, but they were doing what they wanted. And if I wanted to do that, I could have. And I did But you didn't. So... No, that was not my motivation for leaving the message. I remember somebody saying that to me, right? Um, somebody said, oh, you know, after I'd left the message, somebody said, yeah, like people, you know, especially girls just want to leave the message so they can wear pants and, and makeup. And I started laughing and laughing and laughing. And then I looked up and I realized she was serious. I was like, really? I thought you were joking. Like, really? You think that's why I left? Okay. Um, I think the other thing, um, one thing that really helped me was Galatians. Um, I read it and read it. Also, um, Romans really helped me. And some of that stuff, like, it almost made me angry. Like, why didn't I ever hear this stuff over the pulpit? Yeah, like Paul talking about the ministry of death written on tablets of stone. Yeah. Right? Yeah, so... People go, what, what, what was written on the tablet of stone? Ten Commandments. The Ten Commandments is the ministry of death. That's the law. Paul was saying, if you, if you think you can try to follow the law, you have alienated yourself from Christ. Uh, and, and I like to say, Jesus plus nothing equals everything. Jesus plus William Branham? What happens is Jesus becomes less and William Branham becomes more. And eventually it's all about William Branham and... In fact, people in the message revere what he says higher than the Bible. Because if you see something in the Bible that William Branham would say that it looks like it disagrees with the Bible, you've got to go with what William Branham says and you've got to put the Bible on the shelf. And, that, and that's why we call this podcast Off the Shelf. We want to take all the stuff off the shelf and deal with it. <laughs> Including taking the Bible off the shelf. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so what about you, Cindy? Well, I am amazed at a few things. First of all, I gave my heart to the Lord when I was seven years old. And I never in all these years have strayed from that. And it amazes me that I was 40 years in the same church and coming out of that whole movement, really I have to just say, I'm, I'm just amazed at how, compared to other people in other churches, message churches in other parts of the country or other parts of the world, we came through as a family relatively unscathed. And all of our family came out. And all of the family together, yes. It, I think of Joseph when he said to his brothers, you know, you meant it for evil, but God meant it for good and how that God was faithful to us and led us through the message. And even though we were in the message, we still were thriving spiritually because we had a personal relationship with Jesus 
which we supported every day through reading our Bible and prayer and talking amongst ourselves about the Word of God. And, you know, we came out the other end and we realized, yes, there's many things we were deceived about, but somehow God protected us. And and almost like, I, I feel like I was 18 when I went into the church and 58 when I came out. So that's 40 years. I kind of feel like, well, it's kind of like the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness. 40 years later, you come out, you're still God's child. And he's watched over and protected and kept you and brought you out in his time for his purpose. And he's been faithful and he's always faithful. And so I'm amazed at that, but I'm also amazed at meeting so many amazing and wonderful Christian people that have tremendous testimonies. And they're doing a lot for the gospel. They're doing a lot for the gospel, but they're they're so dedicated to the Lord and like their spiritual commitment is on a level that is just like I I hadn't really seen that before. In the message. In the message or yeah. Yeah. I mean these people are really committed. Very and you know, um, at first it's hard because you're you're looking so much at what you see in front of. Oh, they're not wearing the right thing or their hair is done a different way or something. And so that, because of 40 years of hearing that blasted across the pulpit, you just think, you know, that, that becomes a real um, barrier in your brain to get past that God deals how he wants to with people and if he wants to convict them of that that's up to god not me but you know what and it's not that it's going to make any difference god loves them like they are and they have hearts for god a god that i haven't seen like for years and years and many of those i'll say pharisaic uh commandments outward appearance actually when you look at what scripture says can't be they, they they it just doesn't hold up you know for me it's like like when william branham said long means uncut it doesn't i've looked at the greek it doesn't there's nothing wrong with a woman cutting her hair nothing zero and i would challenge anyone in the message who's listening to this to go look at the greek because most people don't realize the bible was written in greek and it was translated into english uh, paul didn't have an english bible Right, Paul wrote in Greek. Yes. So um, that, for me, I think those those two things were outstanding. What about your understanding of Scripture now? Well, my understanding of Scripture now is I I'm kind of surprised at myself actually because I am loving theology and studying God's word. And that's all theology means. I know theology is a bad word in the message, but theology just means the study of God's the study of God. That's all yes. it means. But like just, you know, doctrines of the Christian church and things like that that have always been from the beginning. Uh, hearing them articulated, I I never realized and you never, they, they and were you never there. understood them. I never understood them. I didn't even realize they were there because nobody talked about them. No, it was never mentioned, and, and I'm not sure that the ministers that spoke to us really had understanding about them. Yeah. So important doctrines. You can't really give out what you don't have. Yeah. 
You're too busy throwing rocks at everybody else. Well, yes, we don't like to remember that, but yes, <laughs> we're, we hope people forgive us for that. <laughs> yeah, and we were guilty of it, and we certainly guilty, ministry is yes. still guilty of it. So what is your current view of the message? Either of you ladies, which one wants to speak first? I think it's irrelevant. <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. The message is generally irrelevant. Yeah. It, it um, is not going to benefit a person's Christian walk. Yeah, I, I think I wasted a lot of time reading message books when I could have been, you know, getting deeper into the Bible or serving others or or praying. Um, I mean, we did do that, which is good. But yeah, and I thought it was, it was funny because uh, when I got out, I had a friend telling me, oh, you know, Anna, just, just, you know, I know there's some problems, but just go through everything he said carefully and compare it to the Bible. And I was like, you know what? I don't have time. Like, I have other things I want to do with my life. I think uh, it was one of my brothers that said, you know, people tried to use the, the, the ch William Branham's own cherry pie analogy with it. Like, oh, just, you know, Spit, spit out, out the pits, pits yeah. and keep eating it. But you know, it's more like if, if the pie is toxic, like why bother? Well, it's like I said. What if it, there's sewage in the pie? It's not pits. No. It will make this stuff that's in there will make you sick. And it that's why, from my perspective, I think it actually stunts your growth because you focus on the wrong things and you can't grow properly as a Christian. Yeah, and I remember even you know when I was in the message, the, the pastor saying, you know, this has happened in our day. And I was just thinking, this is well before I was born, right? This is, you know, we're talking 50 years or more now. Like, why are you still yelling that this is in our day? And I think the ironic thing is that in the message, they criticize other people like, you know, Oh, you know, God, you know, moves and uses a specific person and then everyone gathers around that and won't move on. And I'm just thinking, yeah, but aren't you doing the same thing that you're accusing everybody else of? And, you know, not getting past, like mom said, God sent a prophet. So. Well, in fact, William Branham said that Pentecost was eating manna that was full of worms because it was over 50 years old. Well, guess what? <laughs> this is a lot older. <laughs> well, it's certainly over 50 years. I mean, William Brown died over 50 years ago. And so, you know, they're they're full of wiggle tails too. And, and in fact, I think it was full of wiggle tails right from the get-go. But that's another subject. Well, I mean, it's really kind of humiliating to have to admit that, you know, all yes. the things we said about other people actually ended up being true about us. Yeah, yeah. And and I think we really have to just, you know, say, I'm sorry for about that. I'm really sorry. And that's what Jeremy wrote the article on the website called it, Humble Pie. It's Humble Pie, it is, because you really have to admit you were wrong. All those years you were proudly blasting other people for things you thought they should be doing. And it turns out that we're the ones that were wrong. 
And yeah, that's embarrassing. Yeah, that's it is. Humiliating. It's very difficult. So you just have to kind of you have to be able to take that humiliation and just say, you know, it's true. Yes, <laughs> I have to just be humble about this, and I'm sorry. And we were wrong. Now, people, there are people in the message who are Christians. I mean, we were in the message. We were well, Christians. And this is what the hope that I have too is. There's, there's people in there that I love dearly, and I think they're very good Christians. And, you know, I, I see how God's had grace for us, and I trust that God will take care of his children that are still in there and have grace for them and be able to bring them out at, you know, whatever time he has for them to come out. What about you, Anna, what's your view of people who are still in the message? <laughs> well, I'm sure any of the message people listening fall into the nice, sincere, and generous category. <laughs> um, I think, you know, I mean, yeah, like I saw mom, like, and, you know, a lot of the other ladies in the churches, and no, not just the ladies, but I was just thinking of like hosting, right? And all the cooking and cleaning and up after everybody, and um, that was done. And, you know, so I think, um, and, you know, for the guys giving, you know, a lot of time and stuff too. So I think, yeah, there's a lot of really sincere and, and yeah, um, good Christian people. And there's also some self-righteous, manipulative, and just downright mean people. Evil. Yeah. yeah. Some of them are evil. I, I I'm know sure some... none of them would listen to this. <laughs> no, no, exactly. Yeah, they wouldn't. This would not be on their list of things to listen to. Unless they're going to preach about it, which would be interesting. Which happens sometimes. <laughs> yes. We have had people preach about us yeah. in the past. So, yeah, so, it's happened. Uh, although, be when it. if they just studied their Bible and got something out of there. Yeah. But, you know, this is good too. <laughs> so, finally, to, to close this off, what does it mean to you to be a true follower of Jesus? You've come out of the message, you were in the message for many years. Has it changed your view of what a true follower of Jesus is? And what, in your mind, does it mean to be a true follower of Christ? Well, the scripture says that if we're true followers of Christ, first, we love God. And secondly, we love each other. I find it's a lot easier to love others outside of the message. Because the, the message was so insular and I poured so much energy and effort into loving that one group of people. and. I was glad to do it and I you know I'm glad that I did but now it's almost like um, it's easier to love sinners and to treat them kindly now that you've come out now that I've come out and to let the love of Christ actually have a conduit to them because I'm not so concerned about just keeping our little group happy well and that's what paul says that 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 all the law is summarized in this one command love your neighbor as yourself and that's difficult sometimes but in the message we never did it hardly well and it wasn't like it was just more like 
you can't even look after other believers. So what are you doing looking beyond there? But everything was focused internally. Everything was focused internally, yes. And and I'm, I mean, I love the people and I enjoyed having them in my home and I enjoyed serving them. And I don't regret that at all. But now I feel like, yes, I mean, Christ died for the ungodly. Yeah. And how, how do the ungodly find that out? Unless, unless we have that ability to be a conduit. Compassion. Compassion and loving and just being able to love the way that Christ has loved us. Exactly. Anna? Um, I had an interesting conversation with one of my friends in the message after I left. And he said, well, Anna, like, you know, I would have thought the harder road would have been, you know, the right one. And I, I don't necessarily think that's always true, but. Well, you could be a Jehovah's she, Witness. That would be hard, too. Exactly. Right. So, um, But it was funny because he thought that my choice to leave was the easy one. Would have been way easier to stay. From exactly. my perspective, yeah, way it would have been way stay. easier to keep all my friends, keep going through the motions, keep doing what I was doing, and but I thought, you know what? I don't want to wake up in thirty years and be like, I lived a lie. Like I can't do that to myself. But as far as like following Jesus, um, yeah, it's like Mom said. <laughs> I think it's pretty clear in the scripture, love God um, and love others simply because that's what Jesus asked us to do um, and to continue to develop a real relationship with God and get to know him and know his word and what his will is for us. Wonderful. Well, I want to thank you, ladies, the loves of my life. <laughs> for being here on Off the Shelf. And I hope that our listeners have benefited from hearing you speak today. So thank you very much. Well, thanks for having us. Thanks, Dad, and happy Mother's Day, Mom. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes, this is, we're doing this on the evening of Mother's Day. We had a big celebration last night with all the kids. So yes, this is Mother's Day and uh, went out for a nice dinner with the ladies earlier today. We really appreciate everyone taking this time to listen. Thank you and have a great week, everybody. If you have a question or comment, please feel free to go to our website at offtheshelf.life. There is a comment section at the bottom of every episode's webpage, or you are welcome to send an email to rod at offtheshelf.life. Have a great week, and thanks for listening. Trust your intuition. It's just like going fishing. You cast your line and hope you get a bite. But you don't need to waste your time. Worrying about the marketplace Try to help the human race Struggling to survive It's harshest night I'm gonna watch you shine Gonna watch you grow Gonna paint a sign So you'll always know As long as one and one is Father loved his daughter more than I love.